I think the healing process of art really just comes down to holding a space where there's no attachment to the outcome of what you're doing. It's just being in that process of creation. Welcome to the Isla Podcast. My name is Nisa. I'm an intuitive guide, mentor, energy reader, and creator of soul-based courses to lead you to your highest self. I'm here to help guide you back to that inner knowing, purpose, creativity, inner child, heart, and light. Are you ready? Hello, my beauties. Welcome back to the Seeking Isla podcast. I know it's been a hot minute since I've been on here. I'm going to blame Mercury Retrograde. (laughs) I've just been kind of um, off schedule, catching up, to be fair. Um, Lots of catching up just from COVID and taking a break and then getting sick again and just having my whole schedule pushed back a couple weeks. So, And then, of course, having... (laughs) retrograde kick in in its typical fashion during this interview actually the whole um, sound system with which I record these podcasts just kept shutting down like mid-interview just said system overload (laughs) like eight times so bless our guests for being super patient and going with the flow but definitely just took a little bit more time to edit this guy so um, I hope you enjoy. I'm really excited to announce our guest to you shortly. Before I do that, I just want to go over a couple quick housekeeping items. Also, if you're wondering what the little clinking noises in the background, I'm currently visiting my sister and that's little new baby walking around. She <clears throat> is not listening to me to stay quiet. So those are her little paws and nails on the floors. <laughs> We can't always have it be perfect, you guys. So, uh, welcome back, my loves. What to update you with? Um, This last week, I did something really fun. Um, I guess it's been about the last week and a half. I did something called a 2021 Clarity Reading Spread. And I've had so much fun doing these readings for you babes and just meeting so many new faces and souls um, to get to do these very special readings for you. And it's just been so much fun. Um, Basically what these readings are is it's exactly what it sounds like. It's an opportunity to get clarity on 2021. So we go over, and if you listened to the last podcast episode, you probably already heard my little spiel on this, but um, it's basically just an awesome way to check in, see what your overall energetic theme is for 2021, what you need to release in 2021, what you need to focus on and call in this year, and then different lessons or an overarching lesson you may face that you really need to learn and move through in order to grow this year and also just how to thrive in 2021. Oftentimes too, this last question comes through as kind of what your ultimate reward is for working through these kind of larger themes, but it's super fun. These are such potent readings. They're offered at such a steal. It's such a, it's a wonderful way if you've been wanting to work with me or just get guidance or like I said in the last episode, if you feel like me and some of my other clients and loved ones that February is kind of our January and we're just slowly waking up and ready to kick things into gear. This is a wonderful way to check in and 
and see what's going on. So the way it works is you can shoot me an email at hello at seekisla.com. Let me know you want to book one of these guys. And then I will send you your reading within 24 business hours. It's delivered in the format of a 15 to 20 minute audio message. These are kind of leaning more towards 20 to 25 minutes because I am a chatty Kathy and I just get so excited sharing your messages with you, babes. And then you'll also get a photo of your spread. What I really, really love about these readings is that you get to keep them forever, 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 ever. So you can come back and check on them, listen again in a month, in a week, in a day, in a couple months, and just see <clears throat> see how everything's resonating for you later on. Sometimes we hear new things every time we revisit things or see new things or make more connections or see more synchronicities. So it's awesome that you guys get to keep these forever and like I said, these are just such potent readings. So many women are having just such breakthroughs and clarity and healing from even just this shorter type of reading. So if you're interested in that, I pushed my deadline for this a couple days. I was going to have Tuesday be the last day um, for these, but I will leave these open until Saturday, February what is that? February 20th. So if you're still interested in a reading, shoot me an email at hello at seekisla.com. I'll sneak you in to, to grab one of those. And then I'm going to close this offer for good. So if it's something that's interesting you, definitely shoot me a message. Let's get you some clarity, some guidance, and some healing to start this year off right or to restart it. And uh, I love it, you babes. It's so much fun. I love hearing just the feedback from you guys with these two, like hearing your stories, it's been absolutely wonderful. Um, I had a client the other day who told me she listened to her message like a thousand times. <laughs> and um, yeah, she just had so many breakthroughs and I just wanted to read um, one thing she said. She said, um, when you describe my energy as a flower, I gasped. I've actually worked at a botanic garden for years and taught environmental ed, so you nailed it. And when you talked about my summer garden party after working through the next maybe few tough months, I burst into tears. I could feel it so viscerally. Literally, it was written on my bones. I'm 31, so I think I'm done with my Saturn return, but I still deeply resonate with that feeling of needing to work through a bit more mental chatter, and then I will be, in quotes, freed. Truly, everything you said felt so apt and was just what and how I needed to hear it. I can't thank you enough, and thank you, Spirit Guides, for paying my intuition to reach out to you for a reading. I'm so grateful and honored to have a, re a reading done by you. So huge interweb hugs and the biggest thank you to you. Um, and then she says she's going to try to set up a reading soon, so hopefully I'll be seeing you again very soon. XOXO, this was from the beautiful Tara. Uh, I love that reading because I also just took a moment to tune in with her energy before I opened up the space to get at her messages, which I don't always do, but with her I felt I felt called to, and that's why I kind of, um, what she was talking about, this feeling of her kind of as this floral energy, this, this blossoming energy, it was really, really beautiful to tap into, so thank you so much for those words, Tara, like it just, it's such a gift for me to be able to access and just to feel your energies and your souls. And it may sound woo-woo, but it's, it's really, really magical. So I always appreciate you guys being vulnerable and allowing me to, to read what's going on for you because it's really, really soul work for me. And it means a lot to, to be able to <clears throat> offer some clarity, some guidance and some healing in this crazy world that we're all in, um, and just get you guys feeling good. So 
If you want to book one of those guys, feel free to check the link in the show notes or like I said, shoot me an email at hello at seekisla.com and we'll squeeze you in before I close that offer for good. Otherwise, I always have my 60 and 90 minutes guidance and reading sessions available. Those are also super, super potent. I will leave a link for that in the show notes if you want to check that out as well. Other than that, my beauties, um, what else can I say? I have so many fun things in the works for you, babes. Coming up for springtime, I can't even like, I'm trying to stop myself from bursting at the seams because I am so excited. (laughs) I'll just give you a little hint. In March, to celebrate the spring equinox, we're going to have a a really mm, very juicy, expansive, healing... uh, retreat virtual retreat I'm so excited that's all I'm gonna say about that for now it's gonna be a virtual retreat and then in April if things continue to um, progress in the way they are in Colorado where I'm based right now and where small gatherings are allowed at the moment of this recording and we're able to do so safely we will be doing the very first seek Isla retreat I am I can't even explain how excited I am for this you guys, I have been looking at the most beautiful, like modernized Victorian farmhouses, just surrounded by sprawling fields and rivers and streams and orchards. And it's going to be a weekend packed with meditation, yoga, workshops, beautiful organic plant-based meals. And it's going to be a really small curated group that will become like a sisterhood. So if you're in the Colorado area, just something to flag to you to keep in mind, or if you plan on being here in April, um, like I said, if we're able to do this safely, we will do that, but it's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. Um, either way, keep your, your eyes and ears peeled for that. And also for the March spring equinox event as well. If you are on my mailing list, you will get information all about that. Um, also just keep in touch on Instagram at seek period Isla and you can, um, you know, keep updated there as well. I try to post them there, but I'm probably much better (laughs) at providing updates over email. So you want to keep more in touch on a weekly basis, definitely sign up for the newsletter. You'll also get the free weekly guidance email at the start of each week. This is just such a fun way to start off the week. It's, <clears throat> excuse me, tarot, um, a tarot and energy reading for the, the week, for the community, and any intuitive messages that come through. Oftentimes, there's also little exercises I'll throw in there to have you guys work through during the week or journal prompts to think about and reflect on. Sometimes I'll throw in a free meditation as well. So it's an awesome email to receive. I think it's such a fun way to start the week, and I love hearing from you guys about how much it resonates with you. Uh, I'm just so grateful for you guys. This is, I love, I just love it. I love being able to have my work be all about connecting with and serving incredible women and souls like you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't expect to get so sappy just then. (laughs) But without further ado, I would love to introduce you to the guests that I had a wonderful chat with earlier this week for this week's podcast episode. She is known as Delta Venus on Instagram. And without further ado, I will lead you into that segment of our podcast episode today. I hope you enjoy. 
Hello, my loves. Today we are interviewing a very special guest, one of my favorite artists on Instagram, Paige Hasabala, also known as Delta Venus. She's a visual artist and a poet based in Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> she works primarily with abstract and surrealism, and through her visual portraits, poetry prints, and energy prints, Delta Venus, or Paige, and or Paige, strives to explore visually conceptualizing consciousness, meta-reality, and the unified field as an intuitive writer and artist. Her work is ethereal, cosmic, and poetic. It is the type that makes you pause your Instagram scrolling to ruminate over the subtle details and intricacies of her work as demonstrated through color, movement, and motion to truly see and feel what emotions and sensations her work elicits. <sighs> My babes, I think her work is absolutely stunning and it's so wonderfully subtly and obviously in just this incredible mix of spirituality mixed in there. I hope you'll enjoy listening to this cosmic beauty as much as I did. So without further ado, I will let Miss Paige Hasabella introduce herself. Welcome to the Seeking Isla podcast page. We're so excited to have you here with us today, and I can't wait to chat with you more about all the things. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um... Yeah, thank <laughs> you for being here. <laughs> yeah. Start with that. <laughs> um, oh, introduce myself. Yeah, well, you have just uh, put it so eloquently, probably better than I would myself, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I'm currently really, really enjoying um, working a little bit more intuitively, communicating, I guess, what uh, is channeled through me through uh, visual formats and poetry. Yeah. Um, I've been doing this for a little while now. I'm not sure the years are sort of starting to come by, but not too long. Um, and it's been a really incredible journey, I guess, um, Sort of discovering more about myself and letting that come through my work and connecting others through the work and um, what I've been sort of learning through the process. Yeah. I love it. I think it's so cool to see, especially last year, so many businesses have kind of emerged intuitively. I think a lot of people have had to really connect with themselves in an honest way that we weren't really doing before. So it's been really awesome to see what's kind of emerged from that, both creatively with artists and the stuff, work, music, everything that's coming out, and then also just, yeah, really intuitive businesses kind of seeing the shift from the <clears throat> capitalistic approach that <laughs> our world has kind of been operating in. Um, amazing. Yeah, I know we went to a little intro on you. So you're based in Melbourne, um, and you said you've been doing this work just for a little bit of time, a couple years. What were you doing before you, you came to this work? Um, actually, probably if we zoom back to around when I finished school, I um, have I went and studied to become a radio journalist. So this format should be a little bit less intimidating to me than it is. Um, You're doing great. Yeah. Um, and I guess like over the span of, you know, a few years and whilst I was probably moving through some of um, the darker points of my life so far, I was, um, you know, working as a graphic designer or just like little jobs here and there, but there was always sort of a running theme of communication and storytelling and um, 
you know, being really fascinated with other people's stories too and wanting to bring that to light. Um, and it wasn't until uh, my grandmother on my Egyptian side passed away, I think maybe oh, 2017 or 18 around there, but it was almost like this really instant um, shift after she passed where uh, I guess this like urge to express myself creatively, especially through, you know, more visual formats, um, really just started to surface and in a lot of ways I feel like I might have absorbed her energy when she passed on and that um, that was her gift to me to be able to start expressing myself um, with a little bit more confidence in this way I guess or putting it out there into the universe rather than it being a practice that I keep to myself. I love that so were you self-taught with graphic design then since you study kind of a different field? Yeah, I um I was actually thinking about this the other day because probably, <laughs> you know, as a teenager, I always loved like uh, sharing other artists work, really. I would make like little zines and share them, just loved communicating other people's work and putting together, you know, little booklets and um, ways to convey that. So I, I think in a way, probably um, design or, you know, visually constructing things has probably just been a part of my life forever. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That's awesome. Let's talk about your grandma a little bit more. So how do you, you said that you feel like it was kind of her gift for you or almost like her leaving her energy with you. <clears throat> I'd love to also hear a little bit more about your upbringing because I'm curious if any of this is kind of derivative from your cultural roots or just especially hearing from mm. your grandma because you are somebody that's so intuitive. I mean, it's very clear looking at your art that there's just this quality of like, I don't know, like this cosmic quality and this, um, you know, you look at it at first and, and someone may be like, oh, it's it's beautiful colors and shapes. And then you kind of take a second look and you're like, wow, this is like conveying this emotion or like there's just so many subtleties and layers. To it. <laughs> so it's really beautiful. And I, I think it's it's a kind of work that I don't know, it really speaks to me because it's almost regenerative. Like every time you look at it, you see something else. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, it's a really beautiful thing to say. Um, yeah, you know what, like in pro probably just even to honor my mother right now, I have recently been gifted these images <laughs> as a young girl where I'm, you know, like drawing and drawing. Um, I'm not sure if you had this in the States, but like in Australia, there was really popular children's toy. It was called Magna Doodle or something like this, but it was essentially like a, a board with magnets where you would draw. Yeah, um, it is like the little people listening right now are not going to know, know what we're doing but this little uh like an etch-a-sketch like etch yeah. yeah we like had a thing in toy story that they yeah <laughs> that's the one um yeah we had a version of that that's sort of like instead of the little knobs you would use a pencil um which I think oh, about yeah. quite a lot because there's a photo of me as maybe like a two-year-old or something and I'm sitting there with this thing drawing and then another one is a three or four-year-old and um I actually create a lot of my work now on an iPad so it's like quite a similar um yeah the modern day yeah <laughs> so um you know I s sometimes think about creativity is it nature or nurture like there's it seems mm -hmm. to me I have evidence in my own life that this was something that you know like was always probably part of my um life path regardless of how long I resisted it um yeah but yeah, my grandmother, I, I, it's interesting. I was raised in Australia as an Australian, so my mother's Australian and my father's Egyptian. And I think um, just given the 
you know, cultural context of like when he arrived in Australia from Egypt, it was a lot easier to assimilate to white culture. And so, you know, mm. for a lot of my upbringing, I think probably um, to protect me and give me, you know, the easiest ride in life, I just um, didn't have a lot of exposure to my Egyptian roots or cultural and heritage. And um, it's been a really interesting um, learning experience as far as my identity, because, you know, even though I have I'm like white passing, I've been raised very Australian. There's still um, this undercurrent of my culture that uh, I, I, it just speaks through me sometimes that I'm like, oh, you know, that it's definitely <laughs> there in me. Um, and something about when uh, my teta passed was, it was uh, like that calling became really loud and hard to ignore mm. after that. Um, and so was I've been... She- yeah. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, I was just yeah. going to ask you if, if she's somebody that that you identified as being like a little bit more spiritual or intuitive. I mean, was there something or creative? I mean, was there something that kind of yeah. she brought uh, out in you? She was like out of anybody I'm related to. She was probably the person that I saw a reflection of myself in the most. Um, mm. And, you know, whether or not that's good or bad, like we sort of have a lot of, <laughs> lots of jokes. She's a, was a bit of a wild character in our family. But um yeah, she was very godly. Like uh, our family's lineage is Coptic Orthodox. So I guess like the last remaining roots of um, traditional uh, ancient wow. Egyptian spirituality through that. And she was at church every moment that she could be and really um, poured her love and blessings like into everyone that she encountered and really sort of um, lived in a way that I think was really spiritually aligned for her. It seemed like that was sort Mm. of her greatest love was for God and, you know, then that poured into everything else for her. So, yeah. Wow. So that kind of leads into my next question, Um, you know, chicken or egg situation. What came first, your spirituality or your art? Mm. Um, That's a really awesome question. Um, And... You know, I think like my soul says spirituality, of course, you know, that came before I was probably physically here in this body that I'm in um, for this cycle of life. But um, yeah, if I'm talking about, you know, a more physical um, experience of this incarnation, I guess like I just have this photographic evidence of this little artist at two or three years old sitting there, um, you know, drawing whatever I was drawing. And it probably wasn't until... um, you know, maybe 14 or 15 when I started to really um, question life and what I was doing here that, you know, spirituality really pulled me in very quickly. And um, that probably took over for a little while until, you know, my mid to late 20s where they started to dance together and come come to what I'm doing now. I love that. So how do you how do you feel like they inform one another I mean do you think your spirituality comes through first or the art comes through or it's kind of this wonderful natural dance I mean do you I mean talk to us a little bit about about that relationship between the two um I would say like currently for me uh my spiritual practice definitely seems to feed the creative process Mm. um a lot of the time now when I'm creating it almost, you know, I just feel like a little bit like a vessel and that um, whatever is being communicated through me is sort of flowing through. I just have to do my best to sort of <laughs> Catch um, <it. laughs> keep out of the way. <laughs> yeah. But 
but um yeah lots of i mean uh, a lot of what i'm creating it's sort of like uh visions coming through from meditation or in my dreams and things like that it's not uh i don't really sit down and say okay i'm gonna make an art piece now and be consciously thinking about <laughs> that um yeah so it's a really fun process i'm really enjoying it um and you know sometimes when i'm sitting there for a while and i'm like oh i haven't had a you know, an idea for a piece in a while, it's usually as a result of like, oh, maybe I haven't been meditating yeah. for a while. I haven't <laughs> had that space in my life to sit still. So, yeah. Yeah, I know creating space is something that's so challenging, which is funny because I feel like a lot of us probably actually have more free time now, but we feel like we have less of it. We're just so consumed by things. But that that opportunity to create space and pause in our days. I really feel like where the magic happens, the downloads or the ideas or connecting to something else. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're just processing so much information now too that we just never were. And I think being so dialed in with, you know, our phones and the internet, it's really hard for our minds to sort of settle in that expansive space of nothingness, you know, without... Yeah. Um, so I'm always, I'm a huge fan of like disconnecting and turning everything off and just being, getting bored. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> gift boredom is. Yeah. I, know, I saw a really interesting clip of a documentary the other day that was just talking about, um, you know, our, in the past we were able to emotionally process things much better, like in our parents' generations, even though I would say they weren't as maybe emotionally intelligent or spiritually connected as we were, you know, as much as like figuring out our inner child and shadow stuff, but um they were saying it was because we had the opportunity to or they had the opportunity in the past to get bored and actually have spaces in their day where they were able to process what had happened and think it through and we're so constantly distracted and there's like I don't even remember what they said like the amount of notifications or like visual auditory everything types of inputs it's like millions and thousands every day compared to what it was before like it's just information overload we don't like it's just we really have yeah. to consciously create that pause in our day and that's why I'm always stressing like take five minutes and more like just five minutes makes a difference if it's breath work or meditating or journaling like something to put a little buffer so you can just like sit with yourself it's like do you even know what yourself feels like like that's a that's an interesting yeah. question to think about like do you know what you feel like your energy with nothing else yeah that's great yeah I totally agree it's um yeah I think I think you know a lot of people probably don't get it feels like a privilege now, it does. Which is wild. <laughs> like it's such a oh wow like I'm lucky enough to have this time mm-hmm. but um you know I've really learned this from my sister interestingly where um I just was like, this time has to come for me at the very beginning of my yes. day before I go and pour myself into the world and everything else. And, you know, I know this has been probably said a million times before, but just that uh, waking up that little bit earlier and carving out that space for yourself is just so important. It really is. Yeah. And I'm I'm definitely not, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a morning person. I'm not like grouchy in the morning, but I just feel like my brain takes kind of a long time to start up and I'm definitely more of a night owl in the sense that my creativity and inspiration and alertness and functionality is just much more efficient at night but I will wholeheartedly agree with that that I have to I make myself go to bed earlier so I can have that 30 minutes every day to meditate to do some breath work to journal and it makes such a difference because when you wait to do it you're like I'll do it at the end of my day or I'll do it later 
it just gets pushed to the bottom of your to-do and I to-do list <clears throat> and I think it also really sets the precedent for your day because you're like starting off your day with a pause and this calm reflective energy then you're looking at your email as opposed to just jumping right in and then it's chaos and it's mm. six o'clock and you're like well what did I actually accomplish yeah. today <laughs> for sure you know and I think as well like when we're coming to it at the end of the day it is like sort of after the world's imprinted on you yeah. so you're not having this like this beautiful experience of your consciousness you know like fresh out of sleep exactly. where it's really just yours yeah, yeah it's like your energy in its purest form like you've taken time to to rest <laughs> to detox to process all your food and then yeah it's almost like that's a good time to kind of check in and get really clear on how you're feeling before like you said you're imprinted by the world like what am I feeling today because also too it, it really helps with mindfulness I think so many of us function out of habits that may not even be serving us anymore like even something as simple as making coffee in the morning like if you're well rested you probably don't actually need that cup of coffee as much as I enjoy the ritual of it I mean if you take that moment to pause you're like okay maybe I'll have a tea today or maybe I'll make a little golden milk chai or something or okay, what I really need is a lot of water or maybe I need to move slower today or I need to, you know, move my workout earlier because I've got a lot of energy. But yeah, it's really about kind of creating, yeah, like a mindfulness practice to really check in with yourself. Um, it's worth it. You guys do it. Take 30 minutes. Go to bed 30 minutes earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best thing I've ever done for myself. <laughs> Truly. And it's, yeah, it's almost also like, yeah, I just think it's this more pure form of like your me time you know because at the end of the day you can be like I need my me time but I, I find often at the end of the day um I almost need to like kind of check out more like I need to get lost in a book or like I'm not a big tv person but maybe watch a show because you've kind of expended your energy and it doesn't really feel like you know me time it's like I'm kind of just I just need to check out <laughs> for sure it's so we're so mentally active, right? Yeah. And like if I'm Constantly in my mind all day, yeah, yeah. Just turn it off. <laughs> mm. Mm. You can tell we can chat about so many things for so long. <laughs> so let's circle back a bit. So back to kind of that connection between um, art and spirituality. Do you think that creating art is a spiritual practice? Yeah, for sure. I think creating anything is a spiritual practice, right? So it's like beautiful yeah. connection between, I mean, maybe uh, the interrelationship between chaos, like destruction and creation um, and mm. also how we create. But I was thinking about this the other day because um, it's almost like in the process of creating, you kind of have to connect to source to bring something through that doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, mm -hmm. there's so many layers of creation that... Um, honor spirituality in that way or consciousness really because it's you know you're not making an art piece in the middle of your busy work day in between emails whilst you're you know playing with your kids in the background or feeding your dog or something right. like <laughs> it really has to have the space to come through and um you know in this really beautiful way I kind of feel like it's like dipping into this uh infinite pool um that we all have access to and allowing it to sort of translate itself through you and this really unique way that you know everybody I, uh, everybody's an artist and everybody has this unique um capacity to translate spirit through whatever they make so in a lot of ways I would um 
say to people who have difficulty meditating like start making art artist meditation if you can do uh like create a piece of art or music or whatever it is and you know be completely aware and conscious of what you're doing as you're doing it it's such a healing process and such a um beautiful way to sort of connect with yourself and something larger than you at the same time so yeah I totally agree. I mean, yeah, I think I think a lot of people kind of <clears throat> and it's interesting you already kind of answered my next question, but we'll <laughs> circle back again. But I think um I think a lot of people resist meditating because they think, oh, I have to sit on the floor in an uncomfortable position and just be quiet and breathe, but it's like you said, I, I think that meditating comes in so many different forms and it's about what finding, it's about finding what, which one calls to you and speaks to you and um, is one that you, you look forward to because it's this kind of wonderful intersection of like we keep talking about creating this space and this quality of mindfulness that we're so starved for right now. So with clients of mine who, yeah, have trouble meditating, I'm like, go for a walk. Literally just go for a walk, leave your phone at home, don't listen to a podcast, don't listen to music and just quiet your mind, like look at the trees, look at the sun, see what comes in. Dancing is a wonderful meditation. Yoga is a wonderful meditation. I mean, we can argue. Oh, like cutting your vegetables yeah. for your dinner. I'm Washing like, it can dishes. be the smallest thing. I'm like, <laughs> just do one thing. Just holy, oh my goodness. My house cleaning is like probably one of my favorite meditations in the week. I'm just, oh. Cleaning. <laughs> cleaning is such yeah. a beautiful meditation. But yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like, it's interesting to think about too, because if we think about how the world has evolved, it's almost like what we were doing before was oh everything was a meditation and we've just been because it was us focused on a singular thing right it wasn't like us creating and listening to a podcast or like us walking the dog and listening to music or us I don't know you know doing work but also having the tv on in the background it's just this pure concentrated mindfulness and space that we're we don't create for ourselves anymore um, so there's so many ways I think we can access that, but yeah, I mean that you pretty much answered my question about when you're creating a piece, if you feel like you're drawing from within or from another source and, um, you talked about being kind of a channel and, um, receiving that, but I'm curious, like how, what's that relationship like between you and this source that you're kind of pulling from or allowing to channel through you? I mean, is it like, oh, that's a wonderful idea. Now let's tweak it this way. Like, talk to me a little bit about kind of that relationship between you. Mm. Um, it's a really interesting one. It's probably one that I'm only starting to, I don't even want to say understand. Yeah. I'm just explore. starting to <laughs> be aware of the, com yeah, explore it. Um, and at the moment, I'm sort of like referring to it as a relationship with my highest mm -hmm. self and me. Um and honestly, half the time when I'm creating things, it's, uh, it's I, you know, how do you say, <laughs> how do you say this without it sounding just like wild? Oh um, no, this is a woo-woo space. It feels like an outside <laughs> voice. Yeah. It's almost like, um, it's like a outside voice speaking to me. That's like I trust yeah. and it's familiar, but you know, sometimes there'll be choices that I'm driven to make you know, in the process of creating, say if it's, I'm picking the color green, where if I drop in, 
with my ego maybe I have the thought of like oh really green like I'm actually feeling more like this would be better this color but um you know there's this really beautiful trust that I'm sort of developing um in this relationship where you know I sort of just keep trying to step back Mm. and um not let this Paige Hasabella character (laughs) get too much in the way of the process really um which is beautiful it's um you know, I can definitely feel the difference between a piece that's created that I have created versus one that feels channeled. And um, it seems uh, others have a better response to the channeled pieces than probably the ones that I'm trying to control mm. a little bit more, which is nice. Interesting. Um, so, so with that, you brought up a really interesting theme that I think we're really being forced to revisit right now um i think (laughs) especially this last year but um this two things i mean one this level of trust just trusting yourself and that higher source or if that's your highest self or intuition or the universe or whatever i think you resonate with but this element of surrendering right because in order to trust we have to surrender and vice versa i mean you can't have trust without some level of surrender and you can have surrender without trusting that it's going to be okay otherwise that's why we try to control things um so yeah it's it's a very interesting concept to think about it's it's one that I think we're all challenged with at different phases of our lives but I think especially right now as a collective as we're kind of like waking up and trying to, to mm. you know, we're being faced with the realities. We're going to get a little political here for a second. But that, you know, the media sources and, and the politicians and things that we turn to may not be speaking the truth. And we're having that little voice in our head saying, like, wait a second, this isn't right. Um, you know, and, and really developing a relationship with that and trusting it. Because you're like, where are you coming from, little voice? I've been on autopilot just consuming as like a, you know, a sheep the way they want us to and and no you know no hard hard feelings or energy towards that it's just it's unfortunately the world where live we live in is to be conditioned this way but um for sure yeah really oh even from young children right yeah. it's if you ask a teacher ask a yes. parent there's always your authority is constantly External. being projected onto some yeah yeah so i think you know a lot of the time that it's really natural that there'd be doubt around you know trusting your intuition because you know, where even now, you know, how often would you pick up your phone and fact check something? Yeah. Or, oh, what does that mean? I'm thinking about this a lot lately around symbols, you know, where it's like I might um, see a symbol that I'm creating in something. And before I'm even thinking about what does that symbol mean to me, I'm going like I'm reaching from my mm. phone. To be like, what does this symbol mean? And I think it's this really nice sort of moment to recalibrate and actually you know bring it's bringing that power yes. back to yourself where you're like I actually do, I do know I don't understand why but I, I know maybe <laughs> but like there is something yeah mm, that's a great word recalibrating yeah I'd like to think that maybe we're having our little recalibration period <laughs> it's interesting for to, sure it feels like that yeah because it's it's interesting when you think when you think about evolution you think like I have to get something or gain something to move to the next level but I think our evolution right now is really a stripping back to get to our inner power. And like you said, kind of pulling that power back in because, you know, when you have that trust with yourself and that intuition, I think you'll find that you're a lot less fearful. It's not to say that you know what's going to happen, but you are able to kind of um, gain and source that 
comfort and validity and truth from yourself as opposed to putting it constantly in somebody else's hands, whether that's the media or leaders or anyone. And you're like, like you said, I don't understand this. I don't know why, but <laughs> I'm just not going to subscribe to this and I'm going to see how I feel about this. And I, I think that's so important right now too with, I don't know, just everything everything going on. There's such a culture of shaming right now with everything and fear mongering and to be able to step back and create space and take a pause and be mindful and see, okay, is this my fear? Is this their fear? How am I actually, like, again, getting in your energy, like, am I actually afraid or am I just soaking this up during the day? So, Mm. yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting to think about. Um, I would love to pivot a bit to your site. You have some beautiful, beautiful words on there. Um, On your site, you say that you create visual and written poetry to hold space for the experience of infinite potentiality. Talk to us a little bit about that. What is is your definition of infinite potentiality? Mm. Um, Those words actually came to me really beautifully last year around the time that I was... um, practicing uh, meditation teacher training actually Um, and I had this really uh, insightful sort of um, meditation with my partner where I had this uh, I guess like the voice that I'm referring to that's not mine speaking (laughs) through me that just kept saying like you can't this can't be taught you know you can't you can't teach the experience of non-duality or oneness or how um you know this unified one Mm. cosmic magical love that we all come from right it's not something you can read about but it's something that can definitely be experienced Mm. and I think you know for those of us who have been I want to say lucky enough really to experience that um it feels like uh you know it's an environment where you can shed the layers of yourself that really limit you from experiencing yourself as part of everything Mm. um and so that since then has really became my focus uh how can I create you know if it's a mental environment sort of what you're saying on before if you're scrolling on your phone if it gives you the opportunity to pause for a moment and to just reflect into that um and maybe let yourself dissolve a little bit um experience yourself as the flower or you know the sunlight coming down on your skin instead of you the one with the skin I think mm. that's um it's really important it's I, I keep we keep coming back to space, I know. <laughs> but it's all just about covering that space for that experience so it's almost yeah. like this ability to kind of connect into this energy that we all are a part of and derivative of and being able to see that we're you know we're a part of that and that's a part of us and it's infinite is that kind of yeah you said something interesting um being able to kind of feel into our emotions and dissolve into them I'd love to kind of dig deeper into that because I think this is something I'm noticing as well that people are really afraid to feel I I I find this in my work and I'm I'm curious if this is something that you've kind of noticed with yourself or just with you know connecting with people over your art but um, yeah, there's like a fear of actually feeling our emotions. And I think um, it, it comes out in different ways. You know, sometimes we're shamed for being angry or we're shamed for being depressed or not being happy all the time or we're shamed for being happy because why are you happy? Because the world is ending. I mean, and mm. I find that people just, um, like we were kind of talking about before, they just numb out. It's like they don't, 
they're either you know we're not allowed to feel our emotions we're told it's not okay to feel them or they're dangerous or they're wrong it's wrong to be angry it's wrong to be sad um or the other side of the coin is kind of like if even if we're not getting that it's like okay again come back to space and like to connect with ourselves like it's uncomfortable for a lot of people to really feel what they feel and I think we saw a lot of that come out last year especially um with all of the movements and the protests and just some of the stuff that came up with COVID because I think people are really being forced for once to sit with themselves and their emotions like they had no other choice you know the universe is like you need to sit your butt there and I'm going to put all this pressure on you so you can come out like a diamond. But some people are like, no, I'm not dealing with this. And they're just kind of <laughs> just crumbling. Oh, people have been so lucky to have this blanket of distraction for a really long time. Yeah. And it was a really safe blanket to climb onto. I mean, yeah. emotions are intense, mm-hmm. right? Like, I've always been, uh, like, I would say my emotional capacity has, like, quite typically been labeled by others is like too much. I've just been too emotional. Yeah, (laughs) too much. And, you know, um, I don't hold anything against anybody who has like sort of perpetuated that belief to me because I assume for them that it's been a really uncomfortable place to sit with all of those emotions. Mm. Um, I was really recently reading a book. I I forget the title of it, but it's, um, I'm a bit of a frequency nerd just as a um, byline around this, but it's talking about the frequency of emotions mm. and, you know, like anybody who's sort of deep dived into manifesting and trying to pull anything into your life mm-hmm. will know, you know, it's not saying an affirmation right. a million times over the, our, our words or our thoughts, are, you know, they have a power, but it's like the emotional mm-hmm. power that really, the frequency of our emotions is super, super high up um, on the spectrum of you know frequencies that we are able to experience Mm -hmm. as humans and so I think um you know a lot of people have probably kept themselves prisoners by pushing those emotions you know I want to say down or just holding them Mm -hmm. inside of themselves instead of feeling them and flowing through them um and using them as like this incredibly powerful tool that they are Mm -hmm. really um and because it's super hard you know there's a lot of like gunk to sort of release out of yourself first and (laughs) even now I'll have days where I'm like oh this this hurts like it's like you know the same sort of it's like uh, emotionally exercising your body sometimes you're going to be like running up a steep hill and it's going to (laughs) burn but you know it's good (laughs) and we need to do it um So, you know, I think uh, in a lot of ways, a lot of people that I've been really close to over the past, you know, two years or so, like this pandemic is really whooping people's asses, but in a way that they really need. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, just a really big magnifying glass for what was already there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sort of like, oh, you can't run and hide from yourself anymore. Like here it is. Yeah. What are you going to do? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think the magnifying glass um, analogy is exactly it it's it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable for people especially like you said who are not used to um feeling emotions to have to sit with them but um I'm with you there I've I've always been told you know from parents growing up or coaches or this or that you know you're too emotional you're too this you're too but I see our emotions as a superpower honestly and I think they're a wonderful um that's the word I'm looking for. Like a compass as well. It's it's a like when you're really connected with yourself, 
and you understand what your emotions actually represent rather than being afraid of them and trying to push them away, um, you know, they can really help you live more intuitively and more openly and honestly. And um, it's amazing, like you said, to see the (laughs) the gunk. I'm I'm imagining that. Um, The difference when you actually... It's, it's a bit ironic because if you stop and really sit, we'll come back to the space thing again, sit and hold space for an emotion and just meet it head on and see it for what it is and don't react, you have a much better chance. Don't yeah, don't it. judge it. Just be like, okay, what are, what are you, you must personify it. Like, what are you here to tell me? Okay, angry. I remember for a long time I was so angry just at everyone and everything. And, um, you know, anger is a very large indicator that you're, boundaries are being crossed right in some way and so Mm. many other things so um you know and grief grief. yeah so many many things and yeah yeah Yeah. there's a lot of grief under that as well and shame and you know people just tell you like don't be angry like you need to be less angry instead of like why are you angry so if you really create the space it's like our should have a drinking Mm. game around this word kombucha Mm. drinking game um if you create that space to (laughs) to sit with it and meet it head on, like you said, and not judge it, you have a much better chance of moving through it and not having it be an issue and not being too emotional because you've actually dealt with it. But so many people sure. don't deal with it. And then it comes out. It's the people often. Oh, and it's that what you resist. Persist. Persists, yeah. Like really? I don't want to feel sad. Like this is yeah. shit. It's like, yeah, it doesn't feel but good. But it compounds. And, so don't feel yeah. good. <laughs> it compounds and creates that like I think sludge that's too, like, we were talking about. I was just going to say that uh, we just have such a tendency as humans to want to have, you know, a, like a really uh, narrow, select experience mm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. We, like we want to feel good. I want to feel happy. Yeah. I want to feel loved and supported. And it's like, okay, but we live in this spectrum. full spectrum experience, yeah. right? I don't want it to be sunny every single day. Like I love it when yeah. it rains some days. I want it to be windy. I want frost. So it's sort of like... You know, I guess being able to see all of those uncomfortable emotions is like this the really incredible tools that they kind are, of, you know. They're not well, they're not there to bring you down or siphon the life yeah. out of you. They're here they're here for you. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean like like I was saying, like it's a compass, you know, anger is like, okay, I need to check something with my boundaries, there's grief, there's shame I'm not mm. dealing with. And it's also, you know, we can't have light without darkness and vice versa. So there's not going to be an appreciation for happy. If you're always happy, like then what is happiness? Right. It's a normal thing. It's not, it's just, yeah. So I'm with you there. Um, Okay. More words. You had another beautiful quote on your website. Um, I think I'm just going to pull a bit from the end. So you said, it's kind of what we were talking about. Only in the process of unlearning what we think, are we able to remember what we know? Mm. Mm. This is like, I've been a really nice theme for me over the last couple of years where I guess I've been really examining this relationship between, you know, our intellectual thinking Mm -hmm. mind um, and our consciousness Mm -hmm. as uh, maybe, I want to say separate things. I think there's this really sort of gray overlap and maybe people confusing like, oh, well, my consciousness is like my awareness, um, which it is. And that is really different to me than like the thinking intellectual yeah. mind. And, you know, a lot of the time, like especially uh, in the spiritual environment, there's lots of people that are like in that mind thinking yeah. space. 
it's really like all of your thoughts are limiting like every our whole perception of how we understand reality really like limits our experience of reality because our brains <laughs> are such amazing computers right it's like categorize this thing fits here and in a lot of ways like I'm super grateful for my brain doing that because you'd just be in a like perpetual state of overwhelm without it running on that autopilot categorizing categorizing but you know I guess it's coming back to that um, experience of spirit it's like just dissolving the edges Mm -hmm. that uh, you know you lose this mind thought of oh this is what it looks like this is who I am you know Mm -hmm. I'm this I'm a Scorpio I'm a people love all their labels for themselves I'm like all all of your labels for yourself for limiting your experience of yourself Mm. like fuck that fuck being those things (laughs) like what are you without all of your clothes like what are you without all of the masks that you put on every day I love this it's it's so funny I was just thinking about that the other day it's like we think that we're actually freeing ourselves in some capacity by saying like discovering more and more of what we, what we are like I'm a projector in human design and Aquarius and a traveler mm. and this and that and I'm like but then you're like well what if next year I want to be this or I'm feeling drawn towards this it's like we, we really are limiting ourselves you're 100% right I was I was thinking about that because mm. um, I think as people who feel things deeply we're often on a perpetual journey of introspection and we're just trying to like learn ourselves better and learn the world and especially as um, empaths which I sense you probably are as well just trying to make sense of things and I I think there is a comfort in being able to provide a label or some type of a category to put things in but it is kind of a a, you know it's two what's the saying um double-sided sword what does that say anything yeah (laughs) yeah, double edged <laughs> sword. sword. <laughs> For sure. Because we're also yeah. limiting ourselves at the same time. You know, you don't have to mm. only be an artist. You can also be a historian or you can be a scientist and a dancer. We don't have to be either or. I think there's also this um, conditioning of either or thinking. And that is limiting yeah. exactly what you're saying. That um, the end of that quote you say, you already are, always were, and will be, will infinitely be. Like we are infinite beings and yet we constantly try to make ourselves not it's such an interesting paradox yeah yeah for sure and I mean you can be two conflicting things at once there's this whole like I was really fascinated with hypocrisy for a long Mm. time in my early 20s because it was like so you know is it a bad thing that I can have opposing views on certain things can I have a thousand different views of things and they all be true you know like this whole right or wrong binary it's really um and I think I've been thinking about this a lot with especially everything that was happening in the states uh for you guys last Mm. year just like the binary language is what's really like still causing oh yeah I'm like oh you know like I uh was asked in an interview on a collaboration I did recently you know do I identify as uh you know, what was my sexuality? What, are, what, like, are interesting uh, interview what, how would I define my skin color <laughs> background? Yeah. All of these different, or, you know, to try and categorize me as a, am I a mi- minority artist? And it was really interesting because I just thought, you know, like I'm human. I don't want to keep putting these labels yeah. on myself that, you know, then you can be supporting a artist that comes from a, a minority group yeah. or something like that. I just think it's like, let's eliminate all of that language and come back down to like, I'm a human heart that sees your human mm. heart and we are the same. Like, Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. 
Yeah, yeah, you touched on something really important, this this binary thinking. It's us and them. There's not this ability that we meet somewhere in the middle, that there's a gray area. And it's 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 interesting, too. I was thinking earlier when you were talking about something, um, you know, with our categorization of ourselves and of other people because I think it's two things I think one it's societal training because it's that's what's comfortable to society is to understand you like you have like you said are you a minority or are you white are you straight or are you like they they, that helps them process and understand things but I also think that that's related to um you know that ancient part of our brain was that the amygdala that's there to protect us and sees everything potentially as a threat I think it's almost like those two things playing hand in hand but it's it's like we really like you said earlier what we said earlier we need to recalibrate and almost um it's not even reconditioning it's deconditioning ourselves to this type of thinking because it's just creating fear you know yeah absolutely I love deconditioning (laughs) that's exactly what it is every day I'm just like oh the more yeah Absolutely. I um, was having this conversation with my dad a couple of years ago around just like, no, it's like wisdom is forget. Wisdom is unlearning. You know, it's mm. like the more you learn, the less you know. 100%. Stop trying to understand the world. We don't understand. We're just here. Just be. Exactly. I know. What is that quote? I'll have to look it up. But um, oh, he's an old. It says something like. Um, okay, I'm gonna have to look this up. It's like <laughs> the the humans made um, into work what God made for play or something. Like that's the joke. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. That's a bit. That's been a big theme in the last couple of weeks, especially since this um, new moon. That oh yeah. It was just playfulness. You know, like we live in this amazing playground. You have birds with rainbow-colored feathers yes. and beautiful fragrant fruits and flowers and just all of these things that I mean when we think about you know from a more scientific perspective like on this flying planet in the middle of the cosmos like it's really improbable that any of these things would exist and you know then you waste half of your day because you're stressed out about what someone thinks about you or you know like uh, the delivery didn't come on time or whatever it is just nonsense that it's like oh Lighten up, let go of it. <laughs> Start dancing with the world around you again. Yes, I know. I got that as a download to, <clears throat> I think, end of last week um, as a message during meditation was like, are you playing? Like, why aren't you playing? Did you forget that that's the entire mm. purpose of life? Something like that. I mean, it, 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 it's just easy. I mean, things are easier that way. They're more natural. It's... I'm going to see if I can find it. But yeah, I mean, play is something. Yeah, why aren't you playing? Have you forgotten that that is the secret to life? Play more. Yeah. Children know it. Yes. It's anything that's close to source, right? I'm loving this experience of having a puppy right now because <gasps> I'm just like, wow, when you're witnessing life that's, you know, like it's fresh. It's like experiencing reality yes. in this playful, curious, but without any judgment. It's not trying to, you know, like there's no fear. Oh, I don't go near that thing because that's not mm-hmm. good or just to wake up every day with those fresh mm-hmm. eyes where you're really experiencing the world with this openness yeah so important I totally agree I got I got my dog she's sleeping um she's two but I rescued her she's a husky and I was saying like it, it was so it, I mean exactly what you say it was so refreshing I got her during the summer and just seeing how much joy she had just from walking like just to be outside and like oh what is this plant like sniff this sniff this tree and like hi to this person and 
also on the other side too, like seeing how much joy she brought to, you know, a stranger walking up that looked like they're having a terrible day or an old man. Like just, they're they're just so present and so happy and so grateful just to, just to have your Mm. attention, just to be with you, just to be outside. It's, it, it really was like seeing things with new eyes. It was, yeah, they're such a gift. Yeah. We don't deserve dogs. Absolutely. <laughs> they're so <laughs> precious. Um, I'd love to pivot and speak a little bit more about your, your personal spiritual practices. You'd mentioned meditation. You kind of do some natural channeling when you're, when you're creating, but what do those look like? Um, mm. And do you have any rituals? I know you spoke about the, the new moon recently, which mm. we'll have to chat about because that was a, a mm. strong one <laughs> it Lord. was it was um, <laughs> yeah i would love to hear yeah what yeah. rituals you keep what what kind of keeps you connected and grounded and all that good stuff yeah um i've been thinking about this quite a lot because i've just moved into a new space after sort of um traveling i want to say traveling my partner and i are in a different state from our families in australia and so um we were in lockdown for most of last year and we're really just trying to get back to spend a little bit of time with our families and um in the process of doing that seems to just find ourselves in like lockdown (laughs) in different places across the country as we were moving through it um but what was really interesting during that experience was that i sort of um abandoned a lot of my ritual um Mm -hmm. I think just, you know, as life happens, sometimes it's really hard to um, hold on to that. And it showed me so much about how important um, my practice is for me and just, you know, grounding into my center every day Um, and just how chaotic my life felt without it. It's one of those things, you know, you you take your vitamins every day and it's like, oh, is this even, (laughs) why why do I even do this? And then you don't. Yeah, really. And you don't really notice like how much something is doing until you stop yeah. doing it. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, so meditation, and I want to say like creating art sort of, I group in the mm. same um, category for me, which really is uh, like my stillness in the day, mm. I guess. It always needs to be a part in every day for me where I'm not um, serving others or showing up for someone else and prioritizing, I, you know, you said the empath thing before and I think... Um, for a lot of empaths, it's that should be like a really non-negotiable part of your mm. day. It's so easy to just be in other people's energy and so aware of others that it's like you almost forget, you know, how do I feel? Like, do I even know how I feel? I know how everyone else is feeling, but how do yeah. I feel? Um, so, yeah, I've tried to meditate every morning. Vitamins have become a really big part of uh, my life, but I've realized like, like, they're non-negotiable, <laughs> particularly magnesium. Yes. Um, I'm really big on the, f- I, go, I go in a float tank probably once every uh, two or three mm-hmm. weeks, and that has become like a really, really, um, I almost talk about the tank like it's my therapist. Yeah. I get in the spaceship and I come out and it, that really feels like a bit Garisa. of a, um, emotional decluttering. Mm. Yeah. Um, and outside of that, I guess like I always go for a walk every day. I try and have at least, you know, 10 minutes where I'm, uh, witnessing like the pure majestic energy of nature. Um, and you know, just making sure that I honor these things is like, a, like, the, like it's brushing my teeth or, um, having a glass of water or, you know, going to the toilet. I just think, um, 
you know, self-care as we're hearing across the board. It's not, you know, like some selfish, like privileged act that you do. It should really just be a base part of your day. Um, so, yeah, I think um, just uh, finding what works for you. Another one that I have been sort of using for a couple of years that um, ties into being a bit of a frequency nerd is I listen to uh, binaural beats pretty much every night whilst I sleep. And that almost feels like, a, uh, I don't know, like I'm doing a system update or something every night on top of what my body's doing. And that was something that I've done for the last two or three years, but I didn't while we were traveling. And that really, really evidenced to me just how much it was doing um, once I took it away. And, you know, my quality of sleep and just how my body was able to heal itself through sleep. Um, I think our brains and especially what they're doing while we're asleep is like really, really incredible and something that is worthwhile exploring and, you know, figuring out. Um, what your quality of sleep is like and if you can make it any better goodness me new sheets clearing out your bedroom space in a way that sort of harnesses like a restful sleep yeah yeah I love that yeah I I um it's something that was difficult to do when I was in New York as many New Yorkers will know our apartments are small because my desk was in my bedroom but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about sleep hygiene, you know, like, um, I've always tried to keep my bedroom as a non-stimulating place. So I have white sheets and, um, a white fluffy rug and just some flowers. It's just a very, um, neutral, but like relaxing place at the same time, because that's a room that I really try to keep for just sleeping. I don't work in there. Um, something I have been kind of naughty with lately that I really need to clean up is just the phone. Um, having that as the thing you look at before bed or the first thing in the morning because it's such a reflex. And it's interesting because when I put it in the other room, I don't even think about it. But if it's there, it's interesting, isn't it? How we just automatically pick it up. But yeah, guys, sleep is so important. I, I really try not to get less than eight and a half hours a night, especially with what our brains are dealing with right now. Just this overstimulation in our nervous systems, I think, are perpetually in the state of fight or flight with everything that we're um, taking in. So sleep is so important. Yeah, there's so many beautiful like Ayurvedic and other cultures that like uh, I'm sort of really big into traditional Chinese medicine mm -hmm. but just seeing like at what times of day yes. our bodies are healing and you know like for me I was starting to have gallbladder issues last year and it's because your gallbladder is healing from 11 to 1 and a lot of wow. the time I'd be up at 11 to 1 you know like yeah. researching ideas like a madman and I got to the point where I was like oh no I, I need to readjust my sleep schedule so that other organs are getting here <laughs> time to heal <laughs> give your little gallbladder a break <laughs> Yeah, that's really, really interesting. I know that the the ancient, ancient Eastern medicine that comes out of China and India is fascinating. I absolutely love Ayurveda. I'm not I don't know too much about Chinese mm. um, Chinese medicine, but yeah, it's 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 so interesting. Um, it just makes so much sense. It's this uh, feels very intuitive, like at least for me, like once I kind of looked intuitive. at it, it was, yeah, yeah, very intuitive. I'm like, wow. You know, even just looking into Absolutely. like the doshas with your 
your body mm. type in Ayurveda is like mm. it just it, it really um, and if you guys haven't looked into that I invite you to because I feel like it really gave me a lot of agency about some of the things I was trying to to work on or like yeah just your your energy levels of the day or just um, the best way to eat or yeah sleep schedule all of that stuff it's yeah. it's fascinating it's really Absolutely. really interesting yeah I feel like when I started exploring Ayurveda, it was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> when I, I thought I was, I thought I was fussy that I, you yeah. know, like uh, didn't eat a certain thing, but it's really like your body knows what it, it really wants does and what it needs if you listen. A hundred percent, yeah. It's funny too because, um, you know, back to kind of like the the sleeping thing and and sleep hygiene. Um, for a lot, I, I think we're kind of starting to wake up to this now in the U.S., but it was like a badge of honor to not sleep, right? I mean, I remember in college, mm. like, I'm functioning four hours of sleep, and I was so sick all the time. And, mm. um, you know, I, I'm so precious about my sleep because I I feel really bad if I don't get it and I can't function and, and show up as my best self or myself and my loved ones and my clients. And it's interesting to still kind of see this, um, yeah, almost like a shame culture come out like, oh, yeah, you're being fussy, you're being high maintenance. Like, no, I just mm. I appreciate my body and I respect it and I want it to function <laughs> to its best of its abilities. Like yeah. you said, like, I want my gallbladder to have its optimal 11 to 1 time to, <laughs> to recover. Absolutely. So we wouldn't say it about our garden bed, right? You wouldn't be like, oh, the fussy garden bed. It wants water and yeah. fertilizer. Oh, my goodness. So you know? high maintenance. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sleep is the Just best. Giving yourself the best shot to thrive. Literally, yeah. So um, you kind of touched on this earlier, but do you think um, that we're all innately creative and artistic beings? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If I think about... Um, Oh, if just if it, let's not even talk about consciousness and we'll bring it back down to just humanity, <laughs> right? Like if we thought about us as like a species, every single act of creation is just evolving this like beautiful thing that we're a part yeah. of. And, you know, I think we witnessed this in children in its rawest format. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no child that's sitting there not picking up the crayon and mm-hmm. scribbling and thinking, oh, it's not. I'm not a, or how many comments do you hear from adults? I'm not a good artist. Yeah. I'm not very creative. And it's just like, oh, I feel, I have just this overwhelm of um, compassion for these people that I think, goodness me, how many people have told you that something you created wasn't good and yeah. fuck that person? I like, know. you know, you really have everyone, it's this idea of what it should look like or what, you know, things are meant to be this certain way or I'm a, I'm not a painter because I don't paint well. And it's like, as soon as you pick up a paintbrush and you put some paint down, you're a painter. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to look any way. And I think, um, you know, it's super, if, I think everybody should create something. Mm. If you're creating dinner, if you're create, you know, creating a beautiful life with your family or playtime with your kids or whatever yeah. that looks like for you. It's like so many acts are acts of creation and it's just about, you know, uh, giving up ourselves um, just the compassion and, recognition that what we are doing is creating i'm sure there are people that are um amazing at creating spreadsheets or i'm trying to think of things yeah. that you know might not be considered creative mm-hmm. but i'm like no you're still a creator and, and just to empower yourself by remembering that and remembering that you know we're creating every moment of our experience yeah. <laughs> even that you're creating your life story yeah 
No, I totally agree. I mean, I was thinking about that. I mean, even something like being a gardener, you're creating that space. Or um, <clears throat> being a teacher, you're helping create the minds of the future. Even if you're a business person, I mean, you're creating the economic reality that we're going to be living in. There's just, It's just, it's interesting. And I'm curious your take on this too. Like why why this culture back to the shaming thing like why why did this culture emerge of shaming people for creativity and saying that we're not i mean what I is the benefit i just don't think it fit in the capitalistic <laughs> structure right you have this whole like oh well paintings don't make as much money yeah. as a multi-million dollar stock listed business or yeah. something so i think you know there's just been this like really unhealthy narrative around like the starving artist yes. and, you know i know for me that it's I have fought against probably my dharma my whole life because, uh, you know, I've had parents that were concerned for my economical well-being in a world where I have to have money and just this, no, like, you you will starve, like, mm-hmm. you won't make it. And, um, you know, I look now at anybody that's successful in any field that they work within and I'm like, they're definitely creative yeah. and not and consciously creative, you know? They're not just saying, oh, I'm not very creative, but I'm good at my job. It's like, no, I'm you're constantly coming up with ideas and ways to innovate and I think you know there's just been probably a little bit of an unhealthy dialogue around maybe limiting what creative means Mm -hmm. and sort of putting it down to this like oh I'm sitting taking drugs and scribbling poems at 3am or something and (laughs) it doesn't have to look like that yeah and yet it's a bit ironic because we fought wars over art and we covet art and it's just this ironic Mm. yeah and again another paradox Mm. that's interesting to think about um Mm. i would love to hear your thoughts on how we can use art as a tool to help ourselves heal and i think a lot of this Mm. is almost like um (laughs) oh my god I feel like I need to start keeping tally creating space um (laughs) to to nourish our inner child because I think that is so much of it that's kind of when we start to get that conditioning you know when we're in kindergarten or elementary school and they're like yeah that's that's not good enough when we start getting grades or stars um and it is a very natural innate intuitive expression um just of our souls when we're children so is there, you know, what are kind of your thoughts on how art can help us heal and kind of reconnect with our with our inner children that way? I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think in if we if everybody had the opportunity to create or particularly doing something with your hands, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you can hold the space for yourself to create something and particularly to explore emotions, I really like uh, having a tactile experience and holding an environment for myself where there's no judgment. It's sort of like, okay, this isn't an art piece to sell or to be on Instagram. Or this is for nobody but me right now in this moment. Mm. And so if I end up with like a swirl of brown gunk on a piece of paper, that's exactly <laughs> what was meant to happen in this moment, right? Um, but I think like if we're able to sort of like harbor that environment for ourselves where we can explore our emotions, it's super, super healing. Maybe you make something in a, and especially if there's space for reflection you know Mm. it's like okay like what is this to me what am I feeling why I'm making this like what does that texture represent Mm. or why did I choose to use these colors um and you know I think art as therapy is a really um beautiful practice that you know it doesn't have and and again it doesn't have to be painting maybe it's like playing with clay Mm. maybe it's um 
sitting and strumming a guitar you know whatever format it is mm. there's so many um, options available to us now that we're really lucky to have but yeah. it is uh, I think the healing process of art really just comes down to holding a space where there's no attachment to the outcome of what you're doing it's just being in that process of creation mm. um, and having some awareness during that process and time to reflect I love that yeah it's almost like we become the channel for emotions like physically i think it's a wonderful way to yeah deal with that in a in a in a physical way because and this is something i always um stress about with journaling that i think is so amazing is being able to to bring our emotions or our thoughts into kind of a physical reality it's almost like even if we even if we can't figure them out we've pull them out of ourselves we recognize them on the page whether it's through words in a journal or like you're saying mush on a page or whatever it comes out to be mm-hmm. um and there's that acknowledgement that I think is really at the root of, of what we need when our emotions are trying to come through and again that space that space For to sure. allow them to yeah well, I know we all feel it, you know, once you've been holding something inside for a while and you might have the opportunity to, like, express it to a friend or something. And sometimes it's that release, like, you know, yeah. And it, 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 you know what? You haven't solved the problem. Maybe, like, in journaling, it's like, okay, yeah. like, I've just said there's an elephant in the room. And simply saying it is, you know, it's coming into that surrender of, like, yeah. this exists. It's here. I'm not trying to change it. I'm not trying to solve it. Like, it just yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, that acknowledgement is, is huge. Because I think that's so much mm. of, um, and I think that's why, you know, art or these other kind of forms of creativity can be so healing is because a lot of times when we have these inner child wounds, a lot of it is just the lack or the, the feeling of a lack of acknowledgement towards what our experience was. So having a, like you said, a safe space in which we can express that and have it acknowledged by paper or clay or music is really cathartic um, in a way that's, yeah, it's just not the same as like going to talk therapy or taking a pill or something (laughs) or really moving that energy through us. For sure. I mean, you know, like I think about like a uh, let's like use anger or aggression yeah. right like sometimes someone will have this beautiful release of like okay you like hit something or I've smashed something and like this is just, like really beautiful act of releasing but I'm like not every emotion wants to be expressed in an aggressive format yeah. like maybe a, maybe an emotion wants to come out through uh, I don't know crying through paint or whatever it yeah. is so it's just figuring out how you channel your emotions through whatever work mashing potatoes yeah. and imagining like whatever it is yeah just honoring just let it, honoring out. it letting it yeah. come out oh yeah. my goodness i love it i feel like we can chat for days and days and days <laughs> um i want to quickly flag one of the things that you have been channeling that i'm so excited about i've, I've literally asked her this like three or four times you guys because i just I'm like when is it coming when is it coming <laughs> Um, but you've been quietly creating a stunning Oracle deck. We got a little preview on your Instagram, um, that, like I said, I cannot wait for So talk to us a little bit about the process of creating that deck, how it came to you and when we can expect to see it out and ready for us. Mm. Um, oh. It's a big project. <laughs> um, it's not one that I'm trying to rush. I'm really like in this theme of holding space, like really um, trying to hold as much space as I can for it to come through um, as organically as it wants mm. to. But um, 
I do use cards a lot um, as a tool for myself and, um, you know, through a variety of different sources and guides and my own intuitive knowing was sort of pulled in the last 12 months to realize that um, I had been working on a deck without realizing. <laughs> um, so I'm in the process right now of giving that some structure and actually um, manifesting it, bringing it through into um, this physical reality so it can be held and experienced by others. But um, I'm aiming for a release later on this year. I don't have an exact date just yet, but I'm sure um, once I tap into that knowing of when that's going to happen, I'll be able to um, share it in a little bit more of a real way. Mm. And, I'm really looking forward um, to having others be able to experience it. Mm. <clears throat> Me too. I love that it was kind of this unconscious process. You're just creating work and you're like, is this a de- Is this a card? Like, <laughs> is this the garden of life? I think that's the one that I saw in there. Um, that's really interesting. Tell me about what that experience yeah. was like when you realized, like, okay, <laughs> there's something. there's yeah. something going on here. <laughs> It was, um, I had been creating these pieces for a while and, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'd say my process is a little bit more fast paced than I would like it to be, but I'm, as it's a part of my daily practice, like always creating and I like to share what I'm creating sort of as I'm creating it because it's when it seems sort of most relevant. I know we're all sort of processing yeah. the same lessons and information around the same time. Um, but I just had, you know, my partner and a couple of other people close to me sort of be like, yeah, you know, like there's a theme here. Um, <laughs> and one of my uh, energy workers really was like, I'm seeing archetypes sort of reveal themselves through mm. um, these cards that you're creating. Um, maybe only in the last 12 or 18 months have I um, been returning to, I guess, um, expressing myself through words again. Mm. So it just feels like this really cohesive way of... Um, bringing these visual portals through with um, some channeled words that hopefully can help um, others to just connect with their own intuitive knowing and work as a really helpful tool to come home. I love that. That's amazing. I love that your your energy worker had that. Um, it's a word I'm looking for. I don't know, just kind of that bird's eye view that just from knowing you, I'm sure too, and working with you and your energy and to be able to recognize it as archetypes it's it's fascinating yeah oh everyone needs a sherpa right i'm sort yeah. of like we're all uh, uh, climbing our mountains yes. sometimes you can't see what's ahead yeah. or where you've gone sometimes you need someone else who's um not standing in it mm-hmm. to sort of you know connect a really obvious dot mm-hmm. and then you go oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can see that now oh <laughs> uh, yeah i love that well I can't wait for that. I'll definitely keep you guys posted on when that comes out. Where can our listeners connect with you? Um, I would literally say just head to Instagram. I'm really <laughs> trying not to be somebody that has a million different channels so that um, I'm, you know, I don't want to be a bucket with too many mm-hmm. holes in it. I want like to make <laughs> sure that the time that I'm spending is actually creating and not... Um, maintaining too many different areas so my my website and instagram are probably the two places um that are best to connect with me at the moment yeah i'll link that i'll link that below for you guys so you can check it out and she has some beautiful prints on her website as well i can't wait to get one once i make my (laughs) my move in a couple months um Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's been so wonderful to talk with you. I feel like we could chat about all the things for hours and hours and hours on end. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been um, a really awesome conversation and a really nice opportunity to talk a little bit more about what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, thank you. conversation is Paige not amazing I honestly feel like I could have just chatted with her (laughs) about anything for hours and hours and hours she's such a beautiful soul thank you so much again Paige for being on here just for sharing your your own intuitive wisdom and your perspective on art and space I know we talked about space and creating space so many times Um, But it was such a pleasure. My loves, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you found it interesting and nourishing. And if you have any questions or you want to chat more about any of the topics that we talked about today, feel free to reach out to me at hello at seekisla.com. Like I said in the episode, I will be linking all of Paige's info below in the show notes. And if you're interested in any of those readings that we chatted about at the beginning, of our episode or getting on the wait list for any of those upcoming events we talked about the spring equinox virtual retreat or the actual retreat in april there is a link in the show notes for that as well so definitely check those out if those are something that were piquing your interest there's always benefits to oh there it goes new <laughs> you can tell my my uh recording setup is very professional today <laughs> while visiting family but um If any of those interested you, definitely get on the wait list. There's always benefits to getting on the wait list, like discounts or priority for signing up for events and things like that that have a limited availability. So definitely sign up for those below if they're of interest to you. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you again, Paige, for coming on. It was so wonderful. My loves, have a wonderful rest of your week. Mm. Be sure also to sign up for the weekly guidance email so that you can get guidance as soon as it goes out this weekend. I always love to hear from you, babe. So if you enjoyed this episode, please get in touch. DM me on Instagram at seekperiodisla or send me a message at hello at seekisla.com. The highest compliment you could pay to pay it forward if you're loving these episodes would be to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really means the world. I read every single one, and it just helps get this message around. And to those who need to hear whatever guidance and wisdom are in each and every one of these episodes. And just as a little bonus incentive for those of you who have wanted to leave a review but haven't done so yet, if you leave a review and send a screenshot of it to me at hello at seekisla.com, you will be enrolled for a raffle to win a free reading and guidance session with me for 30 minutes. These are such incredible, potent, and powerful sessions. We look at what your energetics are, what's been influencing you, past, present, and future. It's also intuitive messages from your guides, from my guides for you, and we do some tarot readings as well. Every session, clients walk away with a better sense of clarity, guidance, and an overall sense of healing because these are really really potent, safe, nourishing spaces that we enter into together during these sessions. So just a little incentive for you babes who want to leave a review, haven't left one yet. 
um, please leave a review. Again, send a screenshot of it at hello at seekisla.com and you'll be entered for that raffle to win a free session with me. That's it for me today, my loves. Thank you so much again for tuning in. I know this was a long one, so I'm happy if you're still here with me. And I can't wait to be in your ears next week. We have two incredible female guests that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. So if you haven't yet, definitely subscribe so you can be informed as soon as those episodes air. I'll give you a little hint. One of them is all about human design. So if you're curious about learning more, this is my personal human design reader. She is fantastic. Also happens to be another Australian. (laughs) And there's so much juicy goodness and info packed in that episode. All right, my loves, for real, that's actually it for me for this week. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And I'll be in your ears very soon. Bye.